Praise God. Amen. Hey, bring me those buckets up here real quick. Boy, this is going to be fun. I've been waiting on this all day. Don't worry about the money in there. Just bring me the bucket. They're working on it. You're just tipping the preacher tonight. That's what they say. Hey, bring me those buckets real quick. Something. Bring me something. They're working on it. They're separating right now. They're just, working just on it. Just bring them. Just bring them. What does what not understand of just bring the bucket? Carl. Carl Starr. Earth to Carl. I'm trying to hold him in. Come on, brother. Carl's ADD will kick in in a minute. He can't think, and he'll be running around in circles. Carl's still in there. See, I lost him. I got the worst one with ADD, Nolan. Carl, are you coming out or no? Uh, Amen. This is going to be fun tonight. Let me say this to you tonight. Without a doubt, probably the number one cause of problems in this world is immaturity. Who would agree with me tonight? Who would agree with me tonight? And there's nothing worse than seeing a brother or sister in Christ lashing out on Facebook about something or another. There's nothing worse than seeing a a brother or sister going off on Facebook or going off on somebody or going off at a restaurant or going off on a salesman or going off, just completely going off when God says, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as this world gives you, but as I give you. And you know, most of the time when people go off, they say, well, that's just me. Take me as I am. That's just me. That's how I am. You love me or like me. I don't care. If people say that, they're as immature as they come. When people say, "Uh, take me as I am. Take me as I am. You don't like me? You don't have to like me. When people say that, that is just immaturity at its finest. There come a time I had to stop playing and start growing up spiritually. As a man, there come a time as I, as a man, I had to stop playing and start growing up. Men, you understand me? There come a time spiritually, as a man, as a father, as a husband. Is my hat on backwards? <laughs> Sorry. I was wondering where that light was coming from. I was like, wow. You know, I I was thinking about it. I have counseled hundreds of couples regarding their marriage. Amy and and Brian came in tonight to talk about marriage marriage counseling. The number one marriage problem is people just need to grow up. Who would believe that tonight? The number one problem in marriages is that people just need to grow up. They're immature. When you say the word immature, a lot of people get offended. They do. They get offended. They get their toes stepped on. Who are you talking to? Why are you talking to me like that? Who do you think you're talking to? God is talking to us, and he wanted me to do a Bible study about it. And I don't know if it's because I see things out there or if he's just revealing something in my character that needs to change. I, I don't know if this is for you or for me, but let's say tonight that we'd agree to all listen and learn and try to apply these things to our life. Would somebody agree with me tonight? Would there be one? The number one marriage problem is people just need to grow up and, and start acting mature. We get ourselves into all kinds of problems by saying immature things. 
making immature decisions, acting in immature ways when we just need to grow up. God's will for every person is that they will grow up. Look at Hebrews 6. Got my Bible? Look at Hebrews 6. It's God's will that every person grow up. So if he says every person needs to grow up, he's talking about you and me. He's talking about this world we live in. Somebody tell me what page it's on. God is good. I'm loving this today. I, I wanted to learn this together. I, I, I want us to be that mature church. Hear me tonight. I want us to be those mature Christians on the block that are a part of things. Whatever you and I are a part of, we ought to be the difference makers in it. Our presence ought to be felt in whatever we're a part of. As mature people, as mature Christians. Mature people still have fun. Huh? I can tell you right now, you know, I'm going to have fun. God intended us to smile and have fun and cut up and joke. But when it comes to my love for my wife, it ain't no joke. When it comes to my love for you, it ain't no joke. When it comes to my love for Christ, it ain't no joke. There's some times we got to grow up. When, when God says we're to go to work, he wasn't playing. He said if a man won't work, he won't eat. There's a lot of things in the Bible God's not playing. When God says, give me your whole heart, don't come to me hot or cold. Don't come to me lukewarm or I'll spit you out of my mouth. He's not playing. Can I say that to you tonight? He's not playing. For all you fence riders, he ain't playing. Come to me hot or cold or I'll spit you out of my mouth. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? You're standing in line. You're waiting for the pearly gates, and, and it comes your turn, and they're looking in the Lamb's Book of Life, but your name ain't there. But you say, Lord, I went to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Lord, I was on the arena team. Lord, I was on the motorcycle ministry. And, and the Lord says, depart from me. I never knew you, fence rider. This is our time to grow up. This is our chance right now. This is serious business. This walk with Jesus Christ is serious. It's not something that we joke with or take for granted. You can cut my head off. I'm a Christian. You can cut my head off. I believe in Jesus Christ. You can cut my head off. I believe in the Bible. They're cutting people's heads off right now. All over the world. They're locking up Christians. I got an email today. He said, Pastor, you better be ready because this same-sex marriage thing, when they pass this law, you have to. No, I don't. I'm not going to. Get y'all another pastor. It won't be me doing it. I ain't finna do it. But by law, but by law, if they pass the law, Rex, I have to. No, I don't. I'm not going to. Somebody else can step up and do that, but I ain't fixing to. Why? Because my Bible, my Bible says it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Amen. So I have to be ready. I have to be ready. You have to be ready. I tell you all the time, stay ready, keep them getting ready. you got to be ready. And this time now is so important. And Hebrews 6 says this. Got my Bible? 
Hebrews 6, 1 says, So let us stop going over the basics of Christianity again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature, say mature, in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start over again with the importance of turning away from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptism and laying on hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move, say move, move forward to further understanding. If that's not God telling us we need to grow up, we need to grow up. Hallelujah tonight, Harry. God's telling us it's time to grow up. God's will for every person is to grow up. God says grow up. That's why one of the purposes of Caney Creek Cowboy Church is to help everybody grow spiritually. How many people think it's important to grow spiritually? It's also the job of Caney Creek Cowboy Church is to help everybody grow emotionally. I want some emotionally stable people around me. <laughs> would you like some emotionally, or would you like some crazies around you? I like some emotionally stable people helping me make decisions in the future. I like some people that weren't like a light bulb. One day they're hot, the next day they're cold. One day they're on, the next day they're off. One day they're at church, and the next day they're, they're I don't see them for six months. I like some emotionally stable people growing this church with me in the future. Is God calling you to help me? He wants you to get mature. Hallelujah. Uh, it may not sound it may not sound real good tonight, but it's going to impact your life forever if you just stick with me for just a little while. Let me say this to you tonight. Let me let me help you understand this. Had a lady one time come to my church. Man, she'd be on fire for God. She'd be the loudest person in the church. She'd be the, the most eccentric. She'd hallelujah and amen. And she loved Jesus. She'd be the first one at the altar, first one to help out. And man, you would think, man, I can depend on this lady. And then I wouldn't see her for six months. And then she'd come back to church and she'd be on fire for God. And she'd be here for three months and I wouldn't see her for seven months. And then she'd come in and she'd have all these great ideas. We need to do this and we need to do this and we need to do this. And I fell for it once. That sounded like a great idea. And, man, we got involved. She was helping lead the ministry. We were headed in the right direction. And then next thing you know, I didn't see her for nine months. Who was left holding the bag? Well, I woke up. I said, you bring me an idea, you better bring the work to come with it. You bring me a great idea, you better bring some back and some money to come with it. Because I learned from my mistakes. You know, God wants us to learn from our mistakes. That's one of the purposes of the church is to help everybody grow spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in every way, and have a balanced Christian life. That's why it's, it, it, it's maturity. And how do we arrive at this point? By not standing on one leg all the time in our faith? By not standing on one leg? Rex, come here, man. You're big and strong, and you told me new karate. Let's see what this says. Last time I had a fit, I was 28. It was because everyone that loved me 
was lashing out and being rude to me and pointing the finger. And I threw a fit. You know what? I can tell you this. I hope you're 50 today. I hope you wasn't 28 on your birthday yesterday. <laughs> There's going to be times where everybody comes against you. There's going to be times where everybody on the job is rude to you. I'm counseling a couple right now that, that right now all hell's breaking loose because of a few people saying some ugly things about them. There's going to be those times where you still got to be mature. You got to still trust God. You still got to believe God. I don't know who wrote this, but I can tell you this tonight. It's, if, if it happened to you at 28, it'll happen to you at 48, at 52. My neighbor walked across the street the other day. I told y'all he was getting bullied on the job. He's three times my size. He was humble. He was meek. He was scared. He didn't know where he was going to turn. I said, you stick your chest out, and God's got you. Head that bully off. Go, go, go confront him. Tell him you love him. Put your arms around him. Kiss him on the mouth. Do whatever it takes. He thought I was crazy as a loon. Stand on one leg for me, Rex. Just stand on one leg. Turn, turn to the side. Now I want you to try to balance yourself. How much you had to drink before you got here, man? Do it again. Now, now, now stand on one leg, huh? Now, now, now try to balance yourself. Now, now push yourself against me and see if you can hold yourself up. Push, push, push. That's pretty good. Now, now put your, wait, we're not done. Now keep your feet down and put your chest out. And hold yourself up. And no matter what comes against you, if you're well bound spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, you'll be able to come and stand strong when the devil's attacking you. Thank you, Rex. You're leaving awful quick, brother. Eight months ago, I was in the disciple house. I was having a hard time dealing with my past and the things I had done. As a result, I took it out on those around me while I was having a hard time with it when all I had to do was let it go and trust God. That's the truth of it. That's a, that's a matter of fact, you know. When I'm having a hard time, sometimes she gets the brunt of it. She don't deserve it. She didn't do anything. Anybody like that? You take it out on your spouse. You take it out on your kids. You, and, and it's no cause. We can take that to the Father. As mature Christians, we can take that to the Father. I was talking with my brother here the other day, and he said, I know what I can take, and I know what I can't take. So when I get to that point, I just get away from it. I say, let's leave it alone. Let's walk away. There comes a time, brothers and sisters, God's looking for you and I to grow up. So what does a mature person look like, Nolan? What does a mature Christian look like? I'm just going to put these down here on my altar for a minute. What does a mature person look like? Here's what a mature person is not. It has nothing to do with how old you are. Many of you hear me because you're over the hill. <laughs> Being mature has nothing to do, Dave, with how old you are or how young you are. Some of the most mature Christians I have in my church are over in the Lamb Center. They're out there in the Weird Teens program tonight. That's a fact, Jack. People don't want to hear that. My kid knows more than me, yeah. Because they're reading their Bible, they're studying it, they're praying, they're walking the walk and talking the talk. I seen them babies do that talent show the other day. I was just sitting in awe. Little Mason got up and started speaking the word, man. 
He didn't back up off of it. He didn't shake. He didn't scare. Some of the some of the toughest toughest soldiers on this on this property tonight are out in them buildings tonight, not in this building. Maturity is not age. It has nothing to do with how long you've lived or how long you've been a Christian. You can be a Christian for 50 years and not be mature. I saw a bumper sticker one time said, I may be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. I've seen some people, their grandmas and grandpas, and they act so immature, you don't know if it's if they're the grandma or they're the kid. Maturity has nothing to do with your age. Granted, God's idea is that we grow older, we get more mature, but that's not always the case. So maturity, listen to me tonight, it's not always age. I had a lady sit in this church one time. She said, I love you, I love you, I love you, as long as I was doing for her. One day I didn't do something, man, she threw a wild-eyed fit. She went around the church with a clipboard trying to vote me out. Yeah, during Sunday morning service, that's what I said. I was preaching, and she walking the aisle, sign this, <laughs> let's get him out of here. Well, by the end of the church, I stayed and she left. Immaturity. 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 No matter how old you are, don't have an age to it. God wants us to grow up. And you don't have to grow up and be all, all, all Baptist-like. <laughs> Take your seat over there. That's your spot right there. Tell them kids to stop rolling. Tell them kids to sit down and be quiet. It's not age. It has nothing to do with age. I told someone this yesterday morning or last night. I think I told Lyle and B. I had them at the house last night. And I, I told them, I said, you know what's really sad to me? Sometimes I see people getting older and getting further away from God. If you're getting older, you ought to be more mature. If you're getting older, you're probably going to see God pretty soon. I'm just being honest, speaking English to you. I mean, we could all speak. You're looking back at me like, look, 40-year-old fat man. You could go tonight. Well, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. But if I'm 60, I'm going to serve him with all my heart. If I'm 73, I'm going to serve him with all my heart. If they come and, got, and tell me uh, that I got cancer, like they told Brother Tim, I'm going to serve him with all my heart. I'm going to be so, so like a servant. I'm going to be so like a servant. Another thing that maturity is not, it's not an appearance. How many people you say look the part, but they're really not the part? Huh? They got the suit. They got the tie. They got the finesse. They got them Tommy Hilfiger glasses on. Their hair's all combed. They got the right clothes. Three-piece suits. Big nice this and big nice that. And don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Or they act like they do, or they act like they do, or they act like they do. They act like they got it all together. By their appearance, it looks like they got it all together. Maturity is not appearance. Some people just look mature. Some people look 
mature. They look like they're spiritually mature than the rest of us. But watch them for a minute. Before you start saying, oh, I want to be like him, watch him for a minute. Watch her for a minute. Sometimes people ain't always what they're cracked up to be, are they, Scott Jones? You'll watch them, you'll watch them, you'll watch them, you'll watch them say, yeah, this don't look too good to me. They might look like a Christian. They might have a big old Bible. Hey, you know, some of them, they carry them great big old Bibles. Big old Bibles up underneath their deal, and they ain't never read a scripture in there. They looked the part. Reminds me of a friend. I got the singer, Jeremy, Chris's brother. Remember Jeremy, Chris's brother? Jeremy in Dallas, Chris Stevens' brother, great singer, joined a church, joined Second Baptist Church, Dr. Ed Young's son's church up in Dallas. Man, he started on the worship team doing worship stuff. And, man, this guy put out an album, man. It went crazy. I mean, it was, it was awesome. He was down all over the place singing here and there and there. And he said, man, he was spiritually immature when it come to his giving. He said, I was so immature about my giving, I wanted everybody to see what I gave. He said, man, they come with the tithes, and it was time to collect the tithes. I'd put my tithes in there. I would lick it and stick it, and I'd wave it up like, here, come get mine, Jack. You know me. Come get mine. I'll put mine in. He said, then they went to this crazy thing called electronical giving. They didn't pass the thing anymore. It was all electronic. He said, I was so immature. In my giving. As long as people saw me. It has nothing to do with your appearance. Come on somebody. It has nothing to do with your appearance. What maturity is not. It's not age. It's not your appearance. Maturity has nothing with what you've achieved. What you've accomplished. You can be accomplished in a lot of areas. But still be very immature. Anybody hear me tonight? Is this this something y'all don't want to talk about? I guess I'll just preach to myself. You can be very mature and have a, a lot of achievements, a lot of success, but still be very immature. You don't have to be mature to make millions of dollars. I got a friend, I'll tell you about, loving to death. Millionaire. Takes nothing serious. Not even his relationship with Jesus Christ. Breaks my heart, too. Because one day he did. And then when he got that money, he got that little fame, got that little success. You know why God don't let y'all win the lottery? Because he don't know if you can handle it. So instead of buying those tickets, why don't you put in that offering bucket out there? I'm just kidding. You do what you want to do. I'm just kidding. But people will run around and they'll buy them lottery tickets and just, but could you handle that kind of success? Are you ready for that kind of maturity? That comes with that. A lot of people ain't. How many of those stories we hear of people coming into money and they're broke the next year? Maturity has nothing to do with what you've achieved, what you've accomplished. You can accomplish a lot and still be immature. Maturity has nothing to do with academics. How many degrees you've got and how much your education is. When I graduate from high school, uh, when I go to college, I'm going to be smarter than everybody else. When I went to seminary and got me a master's degree, I'm going to be smarter than everybody else. You can have so many degrees, and you can call yourself doctor, but that still don't make yourself mature. Somebody hear me today. Great friend of mine 
as a pastor friend of mine, we got the privilege to meet him at a youth conference a couple of years ago. And man, he was just agreed to death. He had degrees in everything. He was smart. He was brilliant. But when it come to common sense, he had none. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they robbed him and they beat him up. And they took advantage of him. And today he still has trouble walking and talking. He said, well, I'll just go over here and do this and I'll just tell them who I am. And he got himself hurt. God wants us to use our brain, common sense. He'll give us a sense of where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to say it. When he was preaching and he was telling that story, he said he was outdoor knocking at homes. I wish the youth were in here. They'd tell you it was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard. He said they were out, he, they were out door knocking, and, 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 and it was rainy, it was cold, and God was telling them to go home. And, and, and he said, well, I'm going to go knock on one more door. Well, it just so happened to be the guy on the other side of that door was looking for somebody to kill that night. And he just so happened to wrong, knock on the wrong door when God was telling him to go home. You see, you can have all those degrees and all those doctor degrees, but if you're not listening to God, you're immature. Somebody hear me today. I heard Jesse Pruitt preach one time about when he was with Jerry Farwell, and, and, and they were just, man, God was just growing his ministry, and, and he thought he could just do it on his own. And he got out there one Sunday night. God had usually give him great messages for Sunday night. And, and, and he just took a nap that day, and he said, well, when I get up, I'll have me a message. God, God will have something for me, and, and if not, I'll be able to wing it. He climbed behind that pulpit with nothing and got on his knees and asked God to forgive him for his arrogance. No matter who you hang around with, that don't matter either. Maturity's not academics. God says this. This is what maturity is. It's an attitude. Come on, somebody. How many believe that maturity is an attitude? Let me see. You're like, I sure hope you don't read mine at this point. I was run off the road three times today, and I got a bit angry at them for a bit. I'm going to leave that one alone. Did I write that? No, I didn't write that. Seriously, seriously, all serious business. They shooting at people today on the highway. They don't care who you are or what you drive or how much money you got. There's idiots out there. Just let them be idiots. You keep yourself in control. You say, well, I got a gun too. Well, you don't know if they got tinted windows, when they're going to fire theirs, or when you're going to get you off guard or pull up behind you at a gas station. You might think they're gone. Listen to me. Don't even engage, man. It don't make you no more weaker. It makes you stronger to turn the other cheek. I wish somebody grabbed hold of that tonight. Amen. This week, oh, I'm getting to some real Christians here. This week, feeling like I do things all by myself. This week, I feel like I'm doing all things by myself. Can I say something to you, whoever wrote that? You're not doing anything by yourself. Come on, somebody. 
Hey, that's okay to write that. It's okay to put this business out there so that we can get right with God. Because a lot of times we feel like we can accomplish some things. But can I say this to you? You can't even take your ne next breath without him. In my bathroom, in my bathroom, when I'm getting ready, there's a little plaque on the wall that says, this is God, I'll be handling all your problems today. Don't need to worry about anything. You know what? He is handling all your problems. He is on your side. He does have your best interest at heart. So whatever's going on, a mature Christian will trust him. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude that God is on the throne and he's in control. And no matter what Satan throws my way, no matter how many minions come after me, I'm still going to be all right because my God is for me and not against me. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Because I'm going to tell you, a mature Christian has a good attitude no matter what comes their way. No matter how many doors they get slapped in the face, no matter how many times you get turned away, no matter how many chances you've been given, you know, and, and it don't come through, a mature Christian just trusts God with their attitude. I believe that with all my heart. Last night, my husband was not responding as quick as I wanted. You know, can I say this to you tonight? I don't know who wrote that, and I don't care. Praise God, you got a husband. Have you thanked God for him? Have you literally thanked God for him? Have you said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to give him to you. Maybe he is messing up. Maybe he is doing some things. Maybe he does show like he don't care a lot of times. Why don't you give him to God? A mature person's attitude is just, you know what, I can't fix him anyway. You know, when those men or women come to either the Interfaith Disciple House or Heaven's Army program, you know, they're going to have to make up their mind that they're going to get God's help. I've had to make my mind up. I'm going to get God's help. Give them to God. Give your husband. Give your wife. Give your children to God. I told my son, man, I, I told my son, I said, when I was your age, I run day and night, boy. I worked all day and partied like a rock star all night. I said, you need to get out there and meet some people. Well, that little son of a gun has. <laughs> and he's out, and he's working. And I was like, uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock, he's not clubbing. Not a, no, he's not clubbing. Don't go spread no Facebook lie. He's just hanging out with friends. They go to the gym late at night. He liked a little girl down there in Huntsville, went down there to talk to her. I called him last night at 1130. He said, where you are? I'm down here in Huntsville. Hey, you know what? It's 530 early when you got to roll up out of here. You better get home. I'm on my way. I was thinking about, well, I want him to go meet people. I want him to go have friends. I want him to get out and have a social life. I was always giving him the blues, and now here he is, and I'm worried sick about him. I had to give him to God. We had to give him to God. The other day, we couldn't get a hold of Dalton. We didn't know where he was. His phone was dead, and he was supposed to be home four hours earlier. He never showed up. We had no way we could get a hold of him. He was at a friend's house. We had to give him to God. Give your husband, give your wife, give your family, give your friends. Give them to God. Give your boss to God. Have an attitude, God. <laughs> I have to give him to you before I kill him. <laughs> Old Del Way sings that song. Lord, I'm giving you my child, 
And as soon as he gets saved, you can kill him at the altar. <laughs> kill him at the altar. God, please kill him at the altar because I can't do this again. Last week, during a meeting at work, after a year of getting nowhere with charging problems at work, I felt impelled to go hire to fix the problem. A bunch of stones, a bunch of stones was heavy and weighing, wanting to work to get it fixed. I was told I don't understand the situation, that I was the problem. Sometimes you go to fix the problem and they want to turn it around on you. Anybody ever been there and done that and got the shirt? You go to somebody and say, man, we got a problem. Oh, the problem is you. I was watching Deadliest Catch last night. Glad you wrote that. Anybody ever watch Deadliest Catch? It's a good show. I would never do that. <laughs> I like dry land. <laughs> and uh, I was watching Deadliest Catch last night. And there was a guy on the boat not pulling his weight. So the guy went up to the captain of the boat and said, we're going to give you an ultimatum, me and Tom. Me and Tom are going to give you an ultimatum. When we get to dry land, if you don't get rid of Jake, you can, you can just find you two more hands. That dude flew off the handle. Don't you ever give me an ultimatum. Don't you ever come at me like that. Don't you ever. And, man, he called a meeting, chewed everybody out, screaming and shouting. And I was thinking to myself, if he could have just directed it another way, whoever you took this to, maybe they were having a bad day, maybe they didn't understand what you were trying to say, pray for them. Go back and revisit it in a little while. Don't take a risk. Trust God. Go back and revisit it in a little while. I've had to do that in my business adventures, have partners with such things, and had to revisit sometimes because... You know, it's just not the right time to bring up some subject. The mark of a mature person is to know when the right time. Trust God. Have that discernment. Amen. Does this make sense? I hope it's educating for you because it is for me. Attitude is what makes the difference. It's your character. D.L. Moody said, character is what you are in the dark. Recognizing is what people say about you. Character is what God says about you. Recognition is what people say about you. Character is what God says about you. God says it's your attitude that determines whether you're mature or not. God wants you to grow up and have Christ-like attitudes. So how do you measure tonight? Let's cover some of these. I'm going to cover one or two. I got maybe one. A mature person is a positive under pressure. A mature person is positive under pressure. Who believes that tonight? Who wants to be that person tonight? Raise your hand. If you work in the oil field, you may not have a job tomorrow. A lot of pressure on you to feed your family. A lot of pressure on you to, to, to make your truck notes and make your house notes and make your, your kids' bills. Have the right attitude. Know that God has got you. He's going to hold you up. He's going to take care of you. Stay with God. Don't swallow your problems up in a beer joint. Don't go get high. Don't go turn back to drugs. A mature person is positive under pressure. Well, we may not have work after this shift, but something may come up. 
Something may happen. Something may help me. I know Tommy, his work drove up here a while back. He was out working on the road crew. It wasn't even the oil field. It was just road work. All of a sudden, the work shut down. There was no work for Tommy for a while. He still had responsibilities. I saw him keep a smile on his face, hold his head up, and trust God. At Tommy's age, 90, <laughs> it's hard to find work. It's hard to find work. He didn't know what he was going to do. He was kind of enjoying his time off. I asked him one day, Tommy, can you retire? No, Brother Mark, I'm not, I'm not where I can retire right now. Something will come along. Something will happen. All of a sudden, his phone started ringing. Work picked back up. He went back to work. Another company called. Gave him more money. Gave him more responsibility. He worked that job for a little while. Another company called. I saw him the other day. He was, he was cleaning out his truck. Next thing you know, he shows up in a brand new truck. I said, what happened? He said, got me another job. <laughs> 90 years old. <laughs> 90 years old. He knew he was going to have a girlfriend and had to have money. <laughs> <laughs> I threw that in there for free. <laughs> Them girls take a lot of money, Tom. You better be careful, boy. Open your Bibles to James 1. Got my Bible? I'm going to finish with this and we'll be done. And I'm going to pick back up. I hope you're getting something out of this. A mature person is positive under pressure. James 1, verse 2. Got my Bible? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. How do you handle trials? The first test of maturity is how do you react to the problem? Do you blow it all out of proportion? Do you get nervous and uptight and you turn it into negativity? Do you grumble and complain? How do you handle problems? Christianity is life. I say that when you get saved, you still have real life problems. When you become a Christian, you still have problems, real life problems. Christianity has real life problems. When you become a church member, churches have problems. There's things going on. When you get married, marriages have problems. When you start a family, you have problems. When you get a job, you have problems. Christianity is a life, though. It's a life of Christ. It's a life with Christ, somebody to help you through those problems. I couldn't do it without him. I don't know how people can do it without him. If you ever want to shake somebody and say, I don't know how you can live every day without Christ. You know who they are. You want to just shake them. Shake the mess out of them. The Lord won't let me hit nobody, but he might let me shake somebody. <laughs> Christianity is a life. It's not a religion. It's a life. Jesus said, I come that you might have a life. He didn't say that was going to be easy life. He said, you come that you might have a life. Life means problems. And part of life's problems is solving those problems. I love it that I can solve some problems. 
I was telling someone the other day, I, I was telling Shane this. He was telling me about his, his mobile home and all the problems that they were facing. And we were talking a little bit about that, about trusting God. And we were just visiting about that today. I told him when I put this driveway in over here, it was like a mountain to me. And I didn't know how we was going to do it, who was going to help me, what we, what we was going to do. I had to get engineers. I had to get approval. And I'm, I'm so good at asking for forgiveness instead of approval. And the state was looking at me, and the road was looking at me. And I was like, man, I'm just not qualified for this. How am I ever going to get through this? But you know what? Finally, $12,000 later, we were standing in that road out there praising God and praying together and watching people come through it. And you know what? I know how to do it now. Problems bring the attitude, I can do it again. I've been through it once. I can get back through it. Tim's attitude today is we beat cancer once, we can beat it again. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. I stopped drinking once, I can stop drinking again. I stopped cheating and lying and running around. I did that once, I can do it again. I stopped doing drugs once, I can do it again. It's an attitude. It's a character. Christianity is a life. It's not a religion. It's saying, Jesus, I need help. I can do it, but I need your help. Life means problems, and part of life means solving problems and facing them with the right attitude. What is the nature of your attitude? Do you get bent out, out of shape? Do you get irritated for nothing? Do you get negative, or do you get positive? James said, Blessed is the man who preserves under trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who he loves. You can be great in the knowledge of the Bible and collapse under the smallest pressure. God is looking for a mature church. I think he's found it with Caney Creek Cowboy Church. And I think in my heart, I think in my heart, we can probably tonight, all of us, every one of us, from the sound room back to the front of the church tonight, we can all probably stand tonight and say, you know what? I know I'm not where I need to be, but thank God I ain't who I used to be. And I'm arriving somewhere. I got something to do. And if God is telling me to grow up, then I'm ready to grow up. You can't handle things sometimes until you go through the, the trials, through the tribulations. I remember Brother Larry telling him, I'm done. Listen, I'm done. We're going to pick this back up next week. Save your notes. It's going to be a good Bible study. I, I remember Brother Larry telling me one time, how can you handle a thousand when you can't handle a hundred? How can you handle two hundred? And how, can, how are you ever going to be able to handle two thousand? You can't handle two hundred. You better get some tough skin, boy. I remember Larry telling me all the time, "You better get some tough skin, boy. You better get some thick skin, boy." I had to, what he was saying to me. That's kind of a cowboy thing, but what he was saying to was, "I better toughen up. I better, I better toughen up. I better learn." I better become mature because trials and tribulations do come. Doctor's reports ain't always what we want to hear. Spousal reports ain't always what we want to hear. Children reports ain't always what we want to hear. But I promise you, if you'll stay with Christ, he'll show you the way. Amen. Who believes that tonight? He will show you the way. Let's pray together.
And we'll pick that back up. Father God, thank you for this night. Father, help us to grow mature. Help us to grow in the likeness of your son, Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank you for those who came to this Bible study tonight. And Lord, I'm gonna, I'll let them have the money up here tonight, but I'd like to keep those papers up here for me, please, guys. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Lord. And, and I just uh, am grateful for an honest church. I am grateful for an honest church, people that can come and say, Brother Mark, I threw a fit today, threw a fit last month, I threw a fit when I was 28, and Lord has brought me a long, long way. And Lord, Brother Mark, I want to be mature. I believe an honest church tonight would say, Brother Mark, I want to be mature. If you want to be more mature in your spiritual, your emotional, your, your physical life, would you let me see your hands and let me see if we're on the same page tonight? God bless you for coming tonight. Bless everyone that was gathered here in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a